Welcome to Sassholes, the podcast, the show where me, Jamie Carney, and Pete Jansons talk about everything and anything we have experienced in about 60 years of experience in the cloud software environment. Does experience mean screw-ups? Yeah, well, for you, for sure. Um, from finance to product to data analytics to sales, we've covered uh, a lot of areas. Um, I thought since uh, budget season is around the corner, so we thought we'd, take, uh, we'd, we'd bring on uh, another Jamie Edwards, uh, another Jamie, Jamie Edwards. Mr. Jamie Edwards, Mr. Please. Jamie Edwards to talk about sales ops and resource planning. But before we get into that segment, and, and, and Jamie is with us now, so Jamie, you can say hi. Um, we, hey, do have a, we do have a couple areas that we want to get into, and I always apologize for this. Is Pete likes to tell a dad joke uh, on every uh, podcast. Uh, they're lamer than dad jokes, so maybe we can call them granddad jokes. Pete, what's your joke today? Well, you could really uh, warm the crowd at the Tonight Show, uh, Carney. But here, I'll tell you a corona, coronavirus joke now, but you have to wait two weeks to see if you got it. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. Jamie, I'm sorry. You have to Keep going. Well, we, can, we can edit it in post. Uh, <laughs> all right. And then um, we have a uh, leader you should know, Pete. Um, yeah. Let, let, let me go through my list here. Le- leader should know, Sarah Longley, 13 years at Career Builder. She went to CapEx as a sales director, most recently at Uber Eats as a senior manager. Then COVID hit, and then bam. Hashtag uh, open to work. Is that the right hashtag? <laughs> that is the new hashtag. O- open hashtag to work. Open All right. Work, yeah. Oh, yeah, then, I, I, I vouch for Longley, and uh, I can't wait for November. We can have our little political discussions. Uh, a good Wesley grad. Then the uh, – or is it Wellesley? Yeah, I think so. No, Wellesley. Wellesley. Um, Rep, you should know, uh, how about Tim Birmingham over at Verizon Connect? Uh, he's a success success guy there. He's at Fl- Fleet Maddox before that, career builder for 10 years, rocking dude, uh, big Chick Norris fan. What's Chick Norris? Hot band. It's got a show September 12th in Palatine. More to come. Uh, Mr. Carney, book you should know, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Great book, one of the most read books of all time. Uh, I always add that to the list of uh, new leaders. Uh, are you ready for news yet, Mr. Carney? No, I'm not ready for breath? news yet. All we, should, right, we, should take a, uh, we should take a, uh, a, Pay the bills. a word from our sponsor, yeah. Um, NeuroNoodle is our sponsor today and has been great company. podcast. Great company. Get a doodle your noodle today at NeuroNoodle. If you suffer from ADHD, anxiety, concussion protocol, and many other health issues, you should consider treatment like neurofeedback. Mental health is a huge focus with COVID, especially with children, and you may who may not be able to get, grasp the virus concept. Um, I think it's a great service. Uh, hopefully, I'll be starting my own brain brightening here in the next uh, uh, couple weeks, um, and I could give you a, a better insight. Maybe these podcasts will get smarter from it. Um, but in eras like today, mental health has to be a priority. Try neurofeedback today by visiting neuronoodle.com. Then, Carney, 20 minutes of brain map can change your life. Get a heat yes. map, see see where your brain's dysregulated. It's that easy. Great people it. over there. Yeah. And I'm not by not biased one bit. No, not not at all. And you get a you get a little present if you uh your kids go there, they get a little present. And it's usually everything I hate, uh Plato included. We um, got four, 40 <laughs> containers left. <laughs> all right. So news. So why don't you chime in the news? And Jamie, uh, Mr. Jamie Edwards, chime in anytime you want to make commentary on anything Pete says. Most of the stuff he says is uh, incoherent anyways. Well, well you know, I'm, I'm still going through my neurofeedback. Okay, a couple of things that, that caught my interest. Uh, the Postal Service, they're, they're gutting them. But then uh, I see a patent come out for blockchain voting. That could be kind of interesting. Um, I think the Postal Service is rather interesting. They say they're gutting it. 
and it's all uh, to impact the election. But then the uh, U.S. postmaster basically was drilled by uh, the Senate and, and uh, uh, the Oversight Committee, and it sounds like they're just dealing with COVID problems. You know, <laughs> is there an election coming up? There is. Okay. Uh, next thing on the list, uh, saliva testing for COVID. Uh, the the NBA is using it in their bubble. Uh, that could be a deal breaker. I, I thought uh, I thought Illinois University of Illinois is using it too. Are they? Yeah. Well, anybody would like. To, I'd rather spit in the tube than have uh, you know cotton stuff stuffed up into my brain. It might mess up my neuromuscle. Yeah. Uh, so Apple hit two trillion. That's it's just up, up, up. Stocks only go up. Uh, and then uh, Assembly Bill Five, Number Five, maybe Mister uh, Jamie Edwards would want to chime in on it later. And that's uh, trying in California. They're trying to get Uber and Lyft to be uh, employees instead of contractors. That could uh, change things quite a bit. So how does that work? So I know I know with um, contractors and, and Jamie uh, Edwards is uh, working in that space right now. Um, but I know with contractors, there's a lot of times you have to go through staffing firms to keep them on as contractors over a certain time. Otherwise, you could face uh, a massive lawsuit because you can't have a contractor working alongside a full-time employee. And that full-time employee gets all the benefits and the contractor is treated like a contractor. So how would that work with Lyft if they started bringing these guys on full-time? I find that just to be an well, odd. Well, my ignorance is bringing up something that I think I read in school one day. Doesn't it have to do with control, the amount of control that you have over a person's activities. Um, it's like with a contractor; it's like here are the parameters, and you know you're your own, you're running your own business, you're doing your own show. And then you start getting more involved in their their actions. I think that's where it screws you up. But I think Mr. Jamie Edwards knows more about this than either of us. But Mr. Jamie Edwards, who who are you? Where where have you worked before? What do you know about this? Thanks, Pete. Um... Well, I've been a few places now. I think we've crossed paths for about a decade at Career uh, Golden, and then post that, I moved on to uh, a company called Fission and worked with your amazing son there for a little bit um, before taking my talents, a la a Mr. LeBron James, to Upwork. So that's been my journey over the last 15 or so years. Well, I mean, that decade that you put in, that was that, that was a hell of a run. And, uh in the growth that we had, and uh, you were a big part of keeping things organized. Uh, totally appreciated that. And then, of course, Max speaks highly of you. Now, Upwork, what is Upwork? So Upwork is the largest um, uh, talent sourcing for very similar to what you were just talking about, uh, freelancers. Um, but what I love about kind of this story and talking about Upwork is it's not just about kind of the, the gig economy, which a lot of people think. Um, a, a really good example of that is what you were just mentioning with how um, people will, will say contract labor. And it's not really the exact terminology that we like to use. And, and it's one of the big arguments around Lyft and, and um, uh, why am I blanking on the name? Um, Uber. The other one. Yes, Uber. Uber. Um, it's one of those very interesting points where um, you're talking about a person who may decide I have an hour to burn, so I'm going to turn on um, my, my Lyft or my Uber and go and take some, some rides. And, and that's a very unique concept when you're thinking about work. It is, I mean, Pete, you, you can speak to this. Like if you had a sales rep who was like, oh, I'm going to turn on my phone for an hour and do some calls between 9 and 10, and then you, know, you might not see me the rest of the day, I, I don't think that would be very productive for your business. 
Um, but the way well, if, he did, Uber, if, he didn't, if he didn't sell anything, yeah. <laughs> so as in the way that Uber and Lyft works, um, they actually their their model allows for that to happen. So um, I think there are a lot of interesting uh, points in, in the bill that's going on in California. I know it was tried once um, in Austin, and what it actually led to in Austin was a lot of companies kind of springing up that tried to fit within those uh, contained rules that were there um, when they left for a little bit in in the Austin area. So. I think this will be interesting uh, to see how California reacts to it. Um, really, the Californians, the people who are who are driving for companies like Uber and Lyft, and and seeing what happens next. Um, I feel like these laws don't tend to stick around as long as people um, anticipate. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we go into 2021 and uh, AB5 is is no longer around. Wouldn't you consider uh, just to stay on this topic though for a little bit longer? There's a difference between you know, Lyft and Uber and, and Upwork. Lyft and Uber to me are more um, flexible working, flexible staffing, you know, like, hey, I can set my own hours. I can work nine to 10 o'clock at night and pick up people and drop people off. Whereas Upwork's more of uh, like a systematic approach for companies to uh, create more flexible, uh, like a more flexible staff, or I know you don't want to say contract, but more of uh, um, project-based type of work than, uh, you know, there's a way to earn livings by by doing some hard work when you can. Um, there, there's absolutely a difference between the two. Yeah. But um, one of the, the misconceptions is that um, the way that you would utilize Upwork is specific to one particular way. And, and that's not true. We have people who come to our site and maybe you just need um, a marketing campaign built out for Neural Noodle. Um, yeah. You may not have a specific timeline around it. You may say, hey, this is what we want to spend. This is when we need the project by, and you can find someone to complete that. And, yeah, and that's like a project. Correct. Um, but you could have something that's a, a little bit more long-term and you are looking mm-hmm. to maybe build out your marketing department and help kind of across the board for the next few weeks or a few months. And uh, you can also find talent to do that. So I think there's a, a difference between um, the different areas that we are able to help. Gotcha. Now, now guys, p- part of the Uber and Lyft controversy, I mean, are they a transportation company or are they a technology company? Technology, you get one valuation, it, you know what I mean? So that, that's also at the root of it. Cause I mean, you guys are definitely technology. I mean, you're, 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 you're organizing markets, um, People that need help and people that want to help, uh, and uh, for short, for for short to, to eventually long-term periods, um, not like uh, you know what what would make a, Upwork has moved up so fast. Congratulations, uh, by the way. Um, can you tell me what the difference between uh, Upwork and, and fr- freelancer? I hate to bring up a con- you know competition if it is competition, but what what would be the differences between the two? If, if, I have my own opinions using both, but I'm wondering what, how you would define it. Um, I, that's a really tough question. Um, clearly, we, I could get into a lot more of the specifics around what it is that, that Upwork has and offers. Um, I, I just think that we are really big in to being able to help in all avenues of your business. Um, we can take the, the billing out of uh, what it is that you're doing. And um, we have products for that will help keep you in compliance. Um, so I think that just our level of offerings are, are different than what some of our uh, competitors right. have out there. And, and that's probably the biggest difference that I can point to kind of uh, in a general term. Like we offer so many 
um, so many ways that we can help your business depending on if you're just starting out and you're one person and you're trying to, to grow your business or you are a large multinational company. Yeah, you, you guys are definitely the next level up. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I need, a lo- I need a logo des- designed, and you know, I want it done out of the country and <laughs> in two minutes. I, I, you know, freelancer, but you guys, uh, you you have the full suite. So that that I'll give you a plug for that. Yeah, and and for medium sized businesses, I mean, we use uh, the company I'm working with today uses Upwork quite a bit. I mean, we did during the pandemic pause it, but we're starting to get ramped up again. Um, a lot of times in the past. Uh, when you're hiring, you might say, hey, I know uh, at our former company, we used to hire people because we were just overwhelmed, but we'd have like a 90-day plan. And then hopefully after those 90 days, that person that we've hired sort of defines their own role when you're creating a new role. I think nowadays uh, with the pandemic and and the economy and the questions on the economy going into 2021, the reality is going to be, I might only have a 90-day plan. I'm not going to hire a full-time employee. I'm going to use Upwork or a company like that to sort of fulfill those 90 days and see if there's something else outside of that 90 days or if the market hasn't changed. So I would imagine you guys, I know you guys are doing well right now and it seems to be that shift has already occurred. Um, I don't see that ending anytime soon. Um, all right, so let's get well, on to our, do you want to get onto our segment? Yeah. Get, uh, well, I just want to throw in, it's, it's also with Upwork, what I've seen, you know, using it, using it is you, you get to try somebody before you buy them. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's like, all right, give me 90 days. I, you know, great. They, 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 they went through the interview. Uh, you have all those professional interviewers, but how do they actually do in the job? And you can try them for a short period of time and then, then go full term. Yeah. All right. That, that's all I got. Okay. So now let's get into our segment. I think the, because we said before, you know, Jamie Edwards has joined us 2021 and the budget season is just around the corner. And I know we've talked about sales operations and things of that nature in the past, but I thought with Jamie being on, uh, on, the, on the show today, we can talk about certain aspects uh, about how he, his experience uh, and how, what his thoughts are and what our thoughts are on how do you set quotas in 2021 with, you know, not knowing one, who's going to be president, not knowing two, when is this pandemic over? Obviously, if, uh, you know, in my opinion, if Biden wins, the pandemic's over November 5th, but uh, who knows how that's going to work. Um, but what is, you know, what are the long-term impacts? I feel like our economy has been propped up in, on stimulus packages and things of that nature. And, and I feel like, uh, you know, um, there's going to be uh, a more painful experience in the short, short term here, um, you know, in the next six to nine months than we've experienced in the beginning of the pandemic, which is kind of such surprising. I think a lot of the pandemic has actually been more painful personally than professionally for a lot of people. Obviously, the people that are impacted are impacted. And that's a whole different game. I'm talking in generalities, but the market's up. Uh, some some businesses are way up, um, but I think overall it's going to be bad. So, so Jamie, what's your experience right now? Not not getting into the specifics of what Upwork is doing, but just your thoughts and generalities on 2021 and how would you set quota today uh, if you were, you know, taking all those things into consideration? Yes, nice and heavy topic to kick things off. Yeah. Love it. Um, well, here, here, did you? Do you do a long-term quota, you know, a year or longer? Do you do 90 days, short-term, you know, hedge your risk, you know? So I, I think for for me, I've always been a fan of the long-term quota. Um, I, I think as a business, it's it's incumbent upon us to, to go in and have confidence in what it is that we're doing, both from the finance, the marketing, the sales operations, uh, just kind of a top-down approach. And I, I think one of the... Uh, one of the challenges with doing short-term planning, uh, which is what I consider 
um, when you do the 90-day quotas, um, it, it's, a, it's a lot more scary for your sales team and, and uh, your salespeople because they don't know if you're doing that 90-day quota because you don't know where your business is going to be. And that, that's a scary place to be if you're a sales rep. Um, yeah. I have to go back almost 15 years to put myself in that spot. But um, if, if I'm only knowing what my quota is for 90 days out, um, I, I think in those in those places, I'm more likely to probably start looking at um, maybe some other companies that are uh, fishing around for some of your top talent and and uh, are giving kind of these these more defined, hey, this is what the quote is going to be. So I think um, this is one of those times where as a company, you're going to have to make some tough decisions and you're going to have to really sit down and look at the numbers and and put together a, a sound plan that looks good both for your business, for your, your shareholders in, in cases where you're a public company. Um, as well as something that is um, attainable for for your sales reps. So um, I think I think looking at this and going more long, long term is probably the best way to go. Um, and understanding that you might miss the mark, but uh, um, I, I think going short term is is going to be really short sighted. Yeah, I think I think I think Jamie, I think you're dead on. I think short term intervals causes two problems. One is a really good point that if I'm a sales rep and I'm only given 90 day quotas. I'm going to go look for a company that knows where they're headed. I think another problem is resource planning because uh, when you're setting a quota for that short time frame, if they kill it in that first 90 days, uh, either the quotas are going to grow astronomically or you better have hired people expecting those quotas to be higher because um, if you're setting 90-day quotas, your intervals are going to go up based on go up based on how you performed in those first 90 days. And it could be a disaster in terms of resource planning if you don't have enough people. So therefore, you're raising the quotas uh, way too high and unattainable for the next 90 days. Well, exactly. Well, what what happens here? Let's talk about past lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you set your annual quota, and you, you, you when is bu- budget season? July, August. You're a finance guy. Uh, I would say September, October is when they first start. I mean, we're we're we'll be pulling it together here in the next uh, five, six weeks, the first iteration. It doesn't okay. get finalized until you typically January. Cause you want to see how yeah. the, uh, how the year ended, yeah. but you're pretty much basing it on estimations and trying to understand. And then usually an in-depth sort of executive level review happens in mid November. Well, when's the board meeting in the fourth quarter usually? Well, it's usually uh, you usually get approval on it like mid January after you review the end of the year results, but there's multiple, well, yeah, it's, uh, you're talking to the board at, at the end of the year. The executives are talking to the board almost daily. Yeah, but I mean, it's you're trying to set the table for next year. Mm-hmm. You know, there's negotiations in play. You know, I'm trying to come in with a lower number. You know, the board's trying to come in with a higher number. And then, you know, January comes, you set the number. But in past lifetimes, when you set that number, how many times have we had to go back and then change the number? And how's the sales force reacted to that? Oh, I think that's horrible. I think when you have to go down, I think that's so demoralizing. Like we, um, with this pandemic, we've gone back and changed our number, but we didn't change our quotas. Because that's sort of the agreement we have at the beginning of the year. We want to show stability and say, hey, you still have the opportunity. You as an individual still have an opportunity to crush your quota. Uh, All we're thinking is, uh, you know, we hope that two thirds hit their quota, but, you know, may not because of the- Oh, two thirds. Yeah, two thirds. Mr. Ed- Mr. Edwards, is there uh, at any of your other companies, uh, is there a plan in place where you, you come up, roll out the sales plan? Does anybody bring up in the conversation, hey, all right, we got it right. We got X amount of people to quota. Is there an X in your mind 
a percent percentage? How many people? I, I think uh, Jamie Carney in this situation is about on brand with uh, with that answer. I think um, most companies, I, I can't say specifics in any one place, but um, you're generally not going into the year thinking or planning for 100% quota attainment. Um, you're, you're always trying to put your quota at a place where your A and B performers are um, are hitting quota. Um, and then yeah, kind of from there, you start to see that trickle down. Um, it, it's, it's always the thought around um, where will you see kind of attrition throughout the year? Um, we know in sales, that's that number is rarely steady from the time you, you rarely end the year with the same people you started the year with. Um, and, and that's just the truth of, of the game. So I, I think you are looking at around two thirds. Yeah, I mean, that that's sort of my thought is that that's your, when you're setting the quotas, that's what you're thinking. Can two thirds hit it or not? Obviously, I think if you go less, Pete, if you're, if you're thinking 20% are going to hit it or not, uh, then your plan better be extremely rich. Meaning that those 20 that hit it are multimillionaires. Um, because uh, then, then it's sort of like the risk reward type of situation, but um, you're going to have a lot of, a lot of turnover when only you know twenty uh, percent or twenty five percent are hitting their quota. And in a normal that, yeah, some people that's a strategy. It's like okay, great, then you beef up your HR, you beef up your training team, yeah. you know, to to churn and burn them, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, I mean, that is so gosh dang expensive, you know. No good for you, but a no, that typically is not. Um, so twenty twenty. So what what type of secrets uh, do we have? as a team, I don't think we've experienced this pandemic before. No one's been around since the Spanish flu. I mean, Pete, I know you're a little bit older than us, but not that much. Um, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I, should, I should give the joke of the day. We're, but anyways, we're, we're, wear a mask. <laughs> anyways, um, are there any uh, like sort of tip, tidbits on how would you, how would we handle expectations from our sales force in 2021? We can't just assume it's the normal course of business, right? I think this question, um, this question really depends on your business. I, I think you've seen some businesses who have, who just kind of thrived during uh, this pandemic and, and you like to, to take a look and see or and say whether or not you think that that is going to continue and are you making your business plan for 2021 based on what happened this year? Um, and, and the same thing goes for companies who may be struggling during this time. Are you making your plan based off of last year's numbers? Are you making it based off of what's happening now? Um, are you doing some hybrid of the two? I, I think the right answer is to, or at least the right answer from my perspective right now is to kind of take a step back and understand that this is kind of a once in a generation, once in a couple of generations uh, type of thing and uh, not, not taking this as the gospel going forward. So kind of pulling together your finance team, pulling together your leaders in sales and saying, okay, like let's, let's look at what happened. Let's look at where our numbers are right now. Um, and let's start to pull a comprehensive plan that, that gets us to what we believe is going to be the truth in 2021. Um, and that, that is whether or not you find a vaccine or not, or whether or not this goes away, you know, end of year or not. Um, and I think we can do that. I think that's, that's one of the things that um, businesses, specifically businesses here in America, are really good about pulling together and figuring out ways to kind of press forward. Um, 
So I think right now that's probably the best plan forward, like taking a look and saying, hey, where can we, where can we all agree that this is a, this is a number, this is our plan, this is how we're going to grow um, for places that are running a little more lean. Hey, this is, this is kind of the headcount that we're going to have, you know, what number gets us to profitability in 2021. Well, yeah. the, co- the, the companies are going to make it are the ones that um, have a backbone in technology because um, there's a lot of mom and pops out there that use Excel to keep track of their, their customers, right? And, uh, you know, there's, there's the old debate. I remember the refs would say, just let me use Excel. You know, it's quicker for me than Salesforce or whatever the CRM is that you're using. Um, what, what are the pluses and minuses of using Excel versus a, a, a SaaS CRM, Mr. Edwards? So this, this is probably one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, I, I do not understand the argument. I've never believed in the argument, even going back to my days in sales, that using an Excel is faster. It absolutely is not. Um, as a business, allowing your teams to use Excels or, or Sheets or anything like that is absolutely detrimental to your business. You lose all the knowledge of those calls, all the knowledge of information gained when it's in an Excel on uh, your your rep's computer. Um, CRM systems do a little bit of everything. You have, you know, some of your larger CRMs that have all the bells and whistles down to ones that literally are um, high-tech Excels. Um, but the difference is is always going to be you still own that data as, as a business owner. You still um, are tracking all of the information that's there. You get to do all the, the awesome analytics that go around that. Um, you don't get that when it's in an Excel. I can't tell you the success rate of calling into marketing departments uh, when it's on your Excel, but I can do that when it's in uh, your CRM system. I can go in and pull out every single person with a title or a department list that is marketing um, in, in different personas. So uh, for me, it's, it's always one of those things where I get it if you're a company and you're just starting out and you got maybe two or three sales reps and they're sitting in, in a room and, and that's how you're doing your Excels. Like, awesome. Go, you know, I'm not going to tell you, you need to go and throw thousands of dollars you might not have yet into a CRM system. What I am going to say is the second you have thousands of dollars to put into a CRM system, you need to do that because the, the, the knowledge that you lose is so much greater than the couple of seconds that a rep will say you earn more productivity and being able to just quickly go down a list of phone numbers um, because you can create a dial view in pretty much every single CRM system that makes making calls super quick. Um, there's a note section in every CRM system that makes taking those notes from those calls super quick. Um, some of them you even can, have trans, trans- you can forward your You can forward your emails to your CRM system and it captures all your emails. Absolutely. So account. Well, I mean, the, the rep leaves and all the knowledge leaves, right? Well, I think, I, think there's, I think there's three reasons why people stay with Excel. One, people just don't like change. Two, portability. That rep leaves, if he's only working on Excel, he can take his entire book of business with him. And then three, it's it's uh, people don't want to be accountable, right? Like if, if I'm on Excel, you and that's how I'm working, it's very difficult for you to tell me I'm not doing the activities that you want me to do. Um, you know, it's really hard for you to manage me. Um, so that sort of gives them autonomy. So there's a there is a reason why they they want to do Excel, and I, I always think that those are the three reasons. It's, I'm not saying that everyone wants to hide, but I'm just saying that and has those intentions. But at the end, well, a lot, lot of a lot of problems came up when let's like you do sales contest, right? Activity based, and that's where the argument comes up. You know, well, I can get a lot more done with Excel. No, you can't. But Mr. Edwards brought up a good point on the emails. Uh, drip, 
drip campaigns. Mr. Edwards, can you just briefly go over a, a generic drip campaign uh, from once you start, you know, you have the opportunity in Salesforce and how, how often do you uh, uh, contact uh, a, pr a prospect? Uh, what have you done in your past companies? So it really just depends if we're talking about a rep enabled drip campaign versus a marketing enabled drip campaign. Um, for marketing, there's usually, if it's a drip campaign, it truly is going to be a drip. So it's once a week, probably. Um, if we're talking about a sales rep, though, that's a little more um, uh, hands-on. It's, it's the voice of the person that we are hoping will get in front of you. So um, with those, we want you touching base, you know, twice, maybe three times a week, um, just because your message is going to be a little bit more tailored to the contact or the lead. So um, going with that type of a drip campaign where, where it is the rep-generated uh, material, uh, you're probably going to touch them a little more often than you would something that we're sending from our marketing team that maybe two or three other members of your company are receiving as well. Well, yeah, I guess the key is you always want to give a little bit of information each time other than, hey, I'm trying to sell you, I'm trying to sell you, I'm trying to sell you. Absolutely. Um, including downloadable content that may not be specific to buying from your company, but just industry knowledge. Um, that's big because, I mean, Pete, I, I think you know this, Having, having someone believe that you are an expert in the industry and know that you know their industry, it's huge. It, it builds that, that level of trust and it makes it easier for that person to get on a phone call and are now a Zoom that meeting and believe what you have to say and, and are willing to listen to you for 20, 30 minutes. Um, just sending them every single time, like, hey, this is what I wanna pitch you on on our product. Um, that, that's probably not going to work, especially in today's society. Everyone wants knowledge. Uh, so tell them something that they can learn about uh, what's going on in their industry, and you're more likely to get that meeting with them. Yeah, and I would say on that the content piece is always try to track it. If you're sending them some sort of PowerPoint for five to six pages, it's not just about the opens. If there's a way where you can do this online, this exchange online, uh, where they can see it, you almost want to check how many pages did they go in? Where did they spend most time on? That'll allow you to identify what are they looking at from an industry trend on something that's a pain point for them. Absolutely. Being able to track click-throughs and view time, that's mm -hmm. huge. And you know where you're not doing that? Excel. So <laughs> bringing it back <laughs> to that point, uh, having having that just level of detail is important. Okay. All right. Well, I think we're coming up on our time here. So I just want to recap the call. First of all, thank you very much for joining us on a Sunday morning. Thank you, Mr. Uh, I, know, I, I, I know it's not convenient for anyone, including uh, Pete and I, but we still do it for some reason. Um, on top of that, um, I think it's great knowledge on the 2021 quota setting and, and, and how we should really try to take a step back and really look at what's going to happen and how, how can we estimate those as best as possible to give us a fair quota so that two-thirds of the reps could potentially hit their quota next year based on what we know today. That's the biggest problem we're going to have is what we know today doesn't uh, may not you know, equate to what we know tomorrow. The, the world changes overnight, it seems like, especially in the last six months. Um, and then Excel versus uh, the, the Salesforce and, and how do we really use the drip campaigns have all been great. So thank you so much on, on all that information. Um, do you wanna give a plug for yourself or anything that you want to tell our, our audience um, how they should reach out to you if they have any other questions? This was really fun. Uh, thank you guys for inviting me on today. Um, I've worked with both of you for uh, some period of time. So this was this was awesome to get a chance to be a part of your podcast. And I can't wait. Uh, feel free. People can find me on 
LinkedIn, Jamie Edwards uh, should be pretty pretty easy to find. Mr. Jamie Edwards. Mr. Mr. Jamie just, Edwards. I like that. Yeah, I want to start throwing that in my title from now on. You know, Thanks, Pete. All, all Jamie's have to be toughened because we grew up with the Ray Parker Jr. follow-up hit to Ghostbusters was Jamie used to be my girl. Um, <laughs> and I might be dating myself to oh, you, yeah. Jamie yeah, Edwards. Everybody's going to get that reference. Jamie Summers, the bionic woman, all of those were thrown in my face growing up as a kid. So um, it's glad to always hear another Jamie out there. So thank you, you, Jamie. And everybody, please go to Apple Podcasts. Give us the big five stars thumbs up. Yeah, subscribe today. Come on. And then sassholes.net. You like what we're saying? Great. Put a comment. You don't like what we're saying? Go to sassholes.com. Or if you've got a topic you want us to discuss, same thing, sassholes.net. All right, talk to you guys later. Peace. Pete, cue the music. Bow wow, chicka wow wow. Do 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 do